0: the Lord, this is Brother Julius again, we are in the book of James chapter 5 and we we have almost got to the end of the book of James chapter 5 so I want to re- re- review the last few verses of chapter 5 and we talk more about the prayer of faith and praying for one for another because it is very essential when it comes to believers getting our healing. And the whole of chapter five, Apostle James started by talking about the the rich, the rich in the world, the, the wicked rich people that are not fearing God, but are amassing wealth through corrupt practices. That's how he started James chapter five. And he went further and said, the amount their riches in verse four by the hiring of their laborers, who reap down their fields which they kept back their money, the money of the laborers by fraud. And I point out some of those examples of things that are happening in our generation that is, maybe they are not laborers that are hiring down your field. But what about the governors in some states, in some countries like Africa, Nigeria, where these governors were accused that they they were investing the money of the public and saying there's no money to pay salaries of of the employees of the government. Teachers are not paid salary for months. And they claim there's no money. God is seeing those things. Whatever they are doing, where they say there's no money. And yet they have money stockpiled in their own private bank accounts. And they have money to, what they call, extra for extra money for themselves. They have some packs. They say some in, I don't know what they call it. All those things. So all of these things, God is watching. it. God is going to be the judge of all these things that they are doing. Those are corrupt practices that these evil rulers were doing in many countries. And that Apostle James is addressing here. He said, Go to now. They are rich, keeping money up for themselves. And he said, The hire of the laborers who have flipped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, is crying to God. When the teacher couldn't get money to pay to get food on the table, and yet they are working, and there's no salary paid them because the government they are working for, it. there's no money to pay the salary, and yet the governor is making amassing money for his own private account God is washing those things the Christ of them which have lived are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabbath and that's what he was talking about in the book in the first verses of James chapter 5 he told of these rich people that they have lived in pleasure on the earth and have been wanting and have nourished their houses as in the day of slaughter they have condemned and killed the just and does not resist them so those are all the indictments that he has put upon the the rich ungodly rich people or the rich that do not fear god now he gave giving the one to we believe him. be patient god is going to judge be patient therefore brethren verse 7 unto the coming of the lord behold the husband man as the Christ is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth god is waiting until he got all the all the seed that belongs to him into the kingdom until he received the early and latterly be ye also patient, establish your house for the coming of the Lord draweth nines. I was pointing out in that last at that God has a time he has given allotted to mankind six thousand years for man that he has created. And he know God knows how many spirits of human means he is dispensing to the world. And he will wait till he gets all of those seeds in, everyone that will put on human flesh and come into this world and live and decide for Christ whether they are going to accept Christ or they're going to hell. God knows how the number that he has created for man, and God is the one that can decide. That's why Jesus Christ said, No man will know except the Father knows when that time will be. But he's the one that dispensing the spirits to the world. If God has come 1,000 years ago, people say, Oh, we have been talking about Christ is coming soon for thousands of years. He has not come yet. Suppose he came 1,000 years ago. People like me that is preaching now will have been lost or will have not been born. Also. But God knows that he wants every spirit that he, every that he has created to be born and for any person to decide so if he has called if there are still more to come he will wait till all of those come because he knows the number of them and that is why it is this father that we decide when the time will be but he has already given a lot of time six thousand years we are getting close to the end of that right now according to our own understanding and the judgment of calendar and that is what we are waiting for and our positive james said, be patient we all the apostles have been patient all the prophets have been patiently waiting for this also and he says, "Verse nine, God do not want against another brethren, lest he be condemned." Then he went. Now, in verse ten, he begins to talk about the patience of the prophets. Take my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord, for an example of suffering affliction and of patience. We count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord; that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. He's given an example that you see. Job was patient, even though he suffered. He patiently waited until God rescued him and God brought him back. He also gave an example of our Lord Jesus Christ and how he suffered on the cross and he didn't use his power to destroy those who were crucifying him, but he was pitiful. And the Father forgive them for they know not what they do. And that is an example for us. That's what he's saying. Verse 12. Above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea and your nay be nay lest you fall into condemnation. Jesus Christ gave that example also for us to say that fear not at all, is what Jesus Christ said. Anything that is above, that is more than yes or no, just say yes for yes and no for no. Anything above that is, is, is come for evil. And that is the same thing that uh, James is echoing Verse 13. From verse 13 to the end is where we are going to concentrate on now because he's talking about we believers praying one for another. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. So, when you are happy and you, things are working fine for you, instead of calling a party where all of you are dancing and drinking alcohol, which is not right, you'll be praising the Lord, singing psalms to God. Your you praises will be to the Lord God first. Oh, can I call my brethren to come and party because of this thing? Don't, yeah, you can bet, make sure that your partying is praising God. Your part in should be to be praising God. That is where you are making God part of it. Very important. And that's just my own my exhortation to you. But he said, if you are merry, sing psalms. Psalms is the songs of praises that you see in the book of Psalms. They are mostly praises. Oh, praise the Lord, all ye people. Praise him, all you nations. For oh, his merciful kindness is great to all us. And the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise the Lord. That's That's Psalm 117. There are many Bible verses that are just full of praises to God. When you are doing that, you are actually blessed. Than just calling a party of your friends to come and drink alcohol, it can be an offense again. Verse 14 says, Is any sick among you? With that question make us to say, in the midst of believers in Christ, their heart not to be sickness? Why? Because Christ has already redeemed us from the cause of love. Like we are saying, the Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 14 to the end, talks about the causes that are upon those who are not obeying the law of God. They are sicknesses, diseases, poverty, death, and so on. But we have been redeemed from that. Christ came in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 said, Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the Lord, He made a cause for us. So if we believe that, then confess it and then live by it. And when we confess it and live by Christ, and by Christ's rules, sicknesses should not be put upon us at all. So that's why you was saying, Is any sick among you? If there's any sickness at all, then call for if you cannot resist it, they will tell you, they will know Satan, don't bring that upon me because I'm under the grace of Christ. I've been saved by grace. No, don't bring up upon Satan because I am not under the law of sin and death. Christ has redeemed me from the cause of the Lord. The devil ought to flee from you when you resist him like that. You resist the devil with the word of God. And in case he did not flee, then you perhaps you need to come for the other church. But we are to resist the devil and the Bible says he should flee from us. You see that in the book, in the James chapter 4, as like you read before. verse seven says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit to God. Then resist the devil. We submit to God by obeying his word he resists devil by quoting the word of God back to the devil that this is what the Bible says. Satan, you give, get yourself out of my body. Sickness depart from my body because I am redeemed by the by the source of Jesus because I'm already healed. Sickness you go, pain should go, affliction you depart. That's why you flee from us. Say so resists the devil and shall flee from you. So that's what he's saying here is that when you when you are sick, call for the elder of Jesus. If, if the devil seems to be lying, hanging around, call for the elder of the church and let them pray over you anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. That's one method of receiving your healing by calling for the elders of church. Another method will be you praying one for another. You to point to that also in verse 16. When you say, call for the elders, they pray over you and you with oil. What will heal you is verse 15. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Now, that is very important. I want to, I like those two, those Bible, Bible it says the, the prayer of faith that you have saved the sick. What is prayer of faith? Look at Mark chapter 11, verse 24. The Lord Jekyll said, when, when, he des- when you pray for something, He say you have to desire it first. Then you pray to the Father concerning what you desire. Let's, let's read it the way the Lord Jesus said it. There is a desire that is important, after you desire it and you pray about it, then you believe that you receive it. That is the prayer of faith. That is verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, that's Mark chapter 11 verse 24, therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that you receive them, that is very, very important, believe you receive them, and ye shall have them. That is the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is that what you pray for, you believe right now when you pray for you that you receive them. And if you have received them, you should not begin to thank the Lord that you have received them. That is the prayer of faith that we heal the sick. And He said, "The Lord will raise If you have committed sins that made the open door for the devil, you'll be forgiven after you have, they have prayed for you and not you. To have. So that is very important to make us also know that it is offences, sins that anybody sometimes do either forgiveness or mistreating somebody that you shouldn't mistreat. Even mistreating your spouse can be the cause of the punishment. If you mistreat your spouse, it can be the cause of the enemy having an avenue an, an, an to the body. So that's why you have to repent, confess, when they pray for you and anoint you with oil, God say if you have committed sin, you will be forgiven. And then you sin no more. Very important. Verse 16 is the next step, another method of getting your healing is when you confess your faults one to another. I'm pointing this one out because it's important to know that some of these things that the devil has avenue to attack believers is because of some of those things that we mistakenly do even one to another between the household of faith between brother and brother, sister and sister or between husband and wife if you mistreat one another the enemy has an avenue because you are treating a child of God. You are mistreating a daughter of God. You are mistreating a son of God. And if you do that, and God is the judge between uh, between brother and brother. God is the judge. And God looks at the motive. What is the reason for this? If the motive is wrong, then God is good. The, the devil is good to see opportunity to attack. God does not send the devil. The devil is always around looking around, looking for whom he may devise. But he says, you adversary the devil, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for open doors that any human being has let open among the believers fairly. And then he will sneak in and put some torment and put some of his agents there that will be good to cause torment sickness. And then when you are being afflicted and you recognize that there is sickness, then you resist them and does not look to go away because they will see something that belongs to him in your body. That's the sin. That's what is attacking, that's what is trying to is using to corrupt to corrupt the body. Then you come for the other, they pray for you, and the Lord can deliver you and send that demon out and send that torment out, and you close the door. At the devil, it doesn't have any opportunity to come in again. That is very important, and that's how you close the door sometimes is to confess your false repentance. Verse 16 says confess your faults one to another. Now, this one doesn't even need a elder. You look at yourself, there's a so problem in your, your body, sickness, and you look around, you do not know, and you remember, God will remind you sometimes, what you did wrong to that brother, what you did wrong to that sister, what you did wrong to your spouse. And then be humble. Humility is God commands humility. Be humble to repent. Call that brother, call that sister, talk it over, confess your fault. That's what confess your fault mean? One to another. Repent and say, I'm sorry, my brother, I'm sorry, my sister, I'm sorry, my spouse, for this thing that I did or didn't do. Forgive me. And you then pray one for another. You don't even to say it because of this that this thing is coming up to me. You just suspect that may be the open door. When you confess that false and you say, You pray for him, he prays for you, or you pray for her, she prays for you, you just see that sickness just disappear, just like that. You don't need to pray about that particular sickness. Because you close the door, the devil have to be, remove his hand. That's what she has saying And there have been testimonies about testimonies of that kind of people calling one another to repent, to ask for forgiveness. And they don't even need to pray concerning the sickness they are bearing. The sickness disappear once they fulfill the word of God like that. There's a case of stories like that where somebody that himself, himself and a brother of the same mother and the same father, they have been not talking to one another for years. Why? Because of Whatever their mom, their parents died, and they had problem with uh, dividing the, 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 the properties and they they didn't talk to her anymore for so many years. And this woman started having some sickness. She was a believer. And then when the when the when the summer was free that they need to walk in love and walk in forgiveness, she was convicted. She said she was going to call her brother, whom she has not talked to for almost 20-something years. And she called her brother up and said, Forgive me that thing that happened 20 something years ago i was wrong and I said well okay, i was also wrong and they forgive one another and said to one another i said well i'll come and visit you and we and they said the trouble and i said i said accept the guilt you have 50-50 so divide the four that they are both 40 and the sister that gave that testimony was happy and she said that day she was thinking then she will be prayed for she will be well she didn't even need to be prayed for the sickness just disappear after they are both Settle their quarrel between us and a brother. So that is how God said, Confess your faults. Well, that's what it means, confess your faults. Call the person, settle it, and God said, you are, you, are, you are okay. And then the devil will have to run away because you are now walking in love. That's what walking in love means walking in love one with another. Brother, and brother, and sister, husband and wife, friends and brethren and brethren. When you walk in love, with you, you forgive one another, you settle your quarrel. Jesus Christ not even give it another. Jesus, if you bring your offering to the altar, and there remember that means God is going to remind you. There you remember that you have aught or your brother have aught against you. He said, Lift there your offering, don't don't offer it yet. Go back and settle it with your brother. It's what Jesus Christ said. And then come back and ask, and make your offering. Say so first lift your offering or the altar. Go back and settle your quarrel with your brother that you have hurt with so that is very important that's how God sees it that's why he's saying you want to offer anything to God first settle your quarrel between yourself and your spouse settle your quarrel between yourself and your brother and many people are not doing that because they are so proud and cocky they will go ahead and be singing praise to God and worshiping God they go to church and yet they are angry with all other husband and wife angry one and yet they go to church and, and, and put on a a happy face nobody knows that they are having problem in their house that is not going to get you anything. That's what Jesus Christ said. The same way you may see a pastor and his wife. They are a lot guys in the house. And they come to the church and sing in and see if nobody knows. They don't want anybody to know. You see, poor Christ, if you don't want anybody to know, God already knows and God is the one that you are dealing with. All those praising and worshipping God does not go anywhere for that pastor and his wife. Not just the pastor and his wife. It's not just pastor. Even brethren and brethren. You quarrel with somebody in the church or you quarrel with somebody else that's not even in the church. And you are angry at one another then you come to church and worshiping god and praising god god said that all those worshiping you do are wasting your time because god is not this he said like, put your offering don't because when you worship god you praise god you are offering something he said don't offer it here go first and settle it with your brother It's what god said if we will take those simple precepts seriously and do it we will be said getting some special rewards some special blessing they will have no avenue to bring sickness upon us that is what God has revealed in the Bible. And that is what He's saying here in that verse 16. Confess your fault. If you confess your fault, mean you call that person that you have a problem with and talk it over and say, I'm sorry. Be be humble to say I'm sorry. Many times some people are I'm sorry is like a crossword in their mind. You don't want to say it. They are so proud. No. Be humble to say, I'm sorry, I am the one that's at fault. You say, Well, you're not the one that's at fault. I am the one. Well, yeah, both of you accept 50 See? but people that are easy to forgive, that are easy to take responsibility for their own offenses is better than to let the devil, most of the time those prize the demons come and land upon the neck of the people and whisper angry words and say, no, you shouldn't apologize, no, you should not apologize, it's in demons when you recognize where the source of it is coming from, it's not come, sometimes it's not coming from inside you, it's coming from the outside, some demons just land upon your shoulder whispering into your mind, hey at the back of your neck. They you make your mind hungry. You like, so just say, I will harden his heart. That's where the hardening mind is. And the devil is just harden the mind and say, no, don't apologize, you're full if you apologize. You're only full if you apologize. And if you listen to the devil, the devil is winning. If You say, get thee behind me, Satan, and let them devil run off. And say I'm going to apologize, even though I'm not at fault, I will say, forgive me, I'm at fault. When you are like that, you're humble not to say that, the devil runs away, your sickness also runs away and you will be well, and you will be healthy. But if you don't do those things, then you just leave room for the devil to continue to afflict. So Apostle James is giving us that example in James chapter 5, verse 16, when he said that's the second way of getting your miracle, which is the fastest way when it comes to dealing with one another. He said, confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another. If you have confessed to the brother, or the brother confessed to you that this is what I did wrong, I'm sorry I did it to you, those, not that you confess the false to somebody else who didn't. What he meant by fault to one another means you confess what you have done wrong to this brother. You are you are cloning your offense. Somebody say, Well, i just confessed to Brother X what I did to Brother Y. Well, you know that's not what he's talking about. You have to call Brother Y that you offend and settle it. That's what Jesus can say. Because <laughs> some people say, Well, I just confessed to Brother. Y they are you don't want to go and face Brother Y. You want to tell Brother X who's their friend. I say, well, I did something wrong. I'm just telling you so that I can clear my conscience. You are clearing your conscience, it's not what God is saying. Clear your conscience with that brother at your offend. Both of you settle it, problem. That's what Jesus can say. If you have aught against your brother, go back to your brother and settle it. That's what God is saying. You're not just clearing your conscience. Just to clear your conscience when the offense, the man you offended is still there, he's still bitter. But when you talk it over and you say, I'm sorry. That, I'm sorry, we made that bitterness to just disappear from the man because you now realize that you have apologized or if he's the one that needs to apologize, he says he's apologizing. When you settle like that, that's what God is talking about. So you confess your words one to another and then ask him to pray for you or you pray for him and then you say you will be healed because then devil have to live with God. Now you are walking in love. Walking in love means walking in love one with another. It does not have to be just believers now, even among unbelievers. Your neighbor, that is your 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 family members, that was not a believer, but has done something wrong against you, that you are holding you don't. The Bible says don't hold any grudge against them, but they are holding grudge against you. If you can call them and live in peace, yeah, as long as it's within your power, live peaceably with all men. If you can call them up and say, "Forgive me," fine. And if you are the one that you say, "I forgive you." Forgive them or they forgive you. When you do that, even with unbelievers that are not believers, God is well pleased because you have you are submitting to the word of God. That's what it means. Submit to God. That's what James said in James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit to God, then resist the devil. So you submit to God by submitting to the word of God I say, Walk in love. Confess your faults one to another. That you may be healed. And the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. Aveilet much. So every one of us that are born-again believers, we are classified as righteous. Our righteousness is not our own, it is the Lord Jesus' righteousness that is imputed Peter of Trust. So then our prayer is effective because we are classified as righteous before God. Because if I said that God has made him made Christ to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. So we are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, so we are righteous and our prayer will be effectual and will avail much according to this bible james chapter 5 verse 16 the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much so when you pray fervently concerning any issue it will make impact it will avail much praise the lord well we will continue this message in the next broadcast the bible said precept shall be upon precept, line upon line, a little bit, a little bit, and I pray that you will not miss the next broadcast so that you can build upon that which you have just learned today. The Bible said, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In, in other words, you can say faith coming by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. It's not just a one-time shot. You must keep hearing the word so that your faith can be built on. We shall continue this message in the next podcast. Don't miss the next podcast. God bless you.